Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to our super good news segments. These are things that we do to educate and inform. And during these segments, what we love to do is bring experts in the field of health and wellness and vitality. And what you get to hear in these segments are things that are on the cutting edge, on the forefront, updates in areas that you wouldn't normally get them. Today, Vice President of Nursing, DeVita Kidney Care, Mandy Hill, RN, is our expert to discuss kidney health. Now, Here's the thing that I will say for those of you pop culture folks, what was it that brought the world to a new level of awareness around kidney health? Well, all you needed to do is watch a segment of The Good Doctor and you got a whole different perspective. But today we're getting information, not from TV, but from somebody in the field. Mandy, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you know, sometimes our pop culture helps and sometimes it doesn't. But for the most part, it does make us more aware. But you're here because we need to get an update on the state of affairs when we're talking about kidney and kidney health, especially, you know, today being World Kidney Day. Tell us from your perspective, you know, 19 years in the field, right? What changes have you seen? What, what, what are you seeing in the trends? Where are we with people that are affected here? Well, right now, about 30 million adults in the United States have kidney disease, and many of them are actually unaware of that. So as you mentioned, generating awareness is very important. And when we talk about change in kind of the kidney health sector, one thing that I am seeing is all stakeholders involved in kidney health, all contributors are really taking much more action and, and really becoming more intense in efforts to educate everyone about the work that your kidneys do for you, how to take care of them, and what it looks like if kidney disease is present. Yeah, we're talking about a couple different, uh, let's just call them versions of kidney disease, but most importantly, chronic kidney disease as well. Um, when I think about where we are today, and I am not an expert, you are, but I'm going to ask you about it, and where we were even 10 years ago, a fundamentally different landscape in terms of how we have progressed to help people with this. What's your perspective on it? Sure, I totally agree. Um, I would say over the past decade, I have seen some very positive changes 
in how we care for patients who have compromised kidney situations. For instance, one specific example that I'll tell you mm-hmm. is I've seen um, an increased focus and utilization of home dialysis. So often when we think about dialysis, we think about the many, many individuals who do go to outpatient clinics three times a week to have that therapy performed for them. However, um, research shows and more experts are bringing light to the fact that performing dialysis at home is becoming simpler. It's becoming um, more uh, able to be done by individuals. And when you do dialysis at home, you do it more than three days a week. So it's more similar to having kidney function, which most of us experience seven days a week. Well, you are, first of all, you have a doctorate in nursing from Bradley, an MBA from Lewis, and you sit on the board of directors of Nurses and uh, Technician Council for the National Kidney Foundation uh, of Illinois. So you are plugged in. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, and this I do believe is where we have to educate better. What do we want to share today about the symptoms? Because I think that if you understand symptoms of something and can catch it or can do something early, it makes a difference. Sure. Well, there's different symptoms of kidney disease, and there's different kind of underlying conditions that would make you more likely to experience kidney disease. From a symptom perspective, individuals who have kidney disease may experience mild symptoms that could include fatigue or loss of appetite. There may be more severe symptoms such as excessive nausea and vomiting. There could be itching because the toxins aren't leaving your body or um, because a fluid also that typically would leave your body isn't, you could experience swelling. And that is likely to show up around your ankles or your eyes. Those are two common places that swelling collects. But those are some of the symptoms um, that are more familiar and more associated with kidney disease. When you look at this and you start to look ahead, uh, there are so many things we should, we should really uh, be able to talk to, and you do talk to it. Um, And that is the state of affairs and options people have. But before we jump into that, there's a website folks can go because I've been on it and it's just filled with information. Tell folks what that is. And then let's talk about possibilities. Great. Our website is DaVita and that is spelled D-A-V-I-T-A dot com. So Davita.com, and as you mentioned, there's a ton of resources there surrounding kidney health, how to prevent kidney disease, how what actions to take if you discover that you have it, what risk factors look like, just a bunch of educational material um, for those who want to learn more, which really should be all of us. Yeah, not only that, you, you know what I love about the website and what you all are putting out? You're not just taking one slice of the pie. But you're taking a look at the whole picture. As a matter of fact, you're even addressing diet and nutrition and providing people with recipes. And see, that's what people want to feel. They want to feel whole. Even if parts of their body's not working in an optimal way, people don't want to feel less than. So I want to thank you for taking a complete approach to this. 
Well, thank you for recognizing that. Um, and as a nurse, I, I couldn't agree with you more. When working with my patients or educating other nurses on how to care for patients, I like to keep a focus on what people can do. It seems like so many times in healthcare, we're provided with long lists of no's and don'ts. But for me, substituting that with there may be limitations, but here's what you can do. Here are the seasonal recipes you can enjoy or what you can eat over the holidays. That's so much more inspiring. It is. Um, I want to. I don't want to run out of time before I talk with you about the future and possibilities. Let's go and just share a bit with people. And you touched upon this a little bit, uh, but one of the things that we talk about is how treatment has changed. Um, and I don't know that folks are aware of the advancements you all have made. Let's talk about that. And then I want to get your sense, if we could, of the vision of the future, if you're able to give us a sneak peek. Absolutely. So in addition to the home dialysis advancement I shared, I think that in general, all dialysis providers have really strengthened and are more focused on the education and support that we're able to provide for patients who want to have transplants and, and, helping, um, and helping provide information there. Because many people would actually benefit more from having a transplant than being in or on dialysis. That's a change I've seen. There's changes in medications. So our uh, variability of medications and the choices that we have are expanding, which is very helpful. Um, and overall, we just understand so much more about the underlying conditions that can treat those simultaneously, the kidney disease. And moving forward, I expect to see those same type of changes. I, I expect to see more patients um, able to have transplants because underlying health conditions that have prevented them from doing so are resolved. And I also foresee that overall the United States will catch kidney disease earlier. So we'll be able to help slow the progression down long before individuals even need to think about transplant or dialysis because the need never arises. Yeah. One of the things I was struck by, and I know you've got to run, but I was really struck by you know, by being a, a leader in home dialysis, number one, just that area, I was really looking at the benefits that were not optional for people uh, a decade ago. And what I'm talking about, Mandy, is the idea of, of being able to have dialysis at night. I mean, that alone is a game changer. It gives people more opportunity to travel you know, less of an inconvenience, more flexibility. And, you know, some of the health benefits now from this are some things people don't even think about, like better outcomes for transplants and recovery times. So isn't this part of a very progressive, shall I say, approach, which literally hits at the core to quality of living? Oh, you're absolutely right. The benefits that home dialysis and being able to do it at nighttime offer are just, they're unmeasurable. To me, I, I kind of phrase it this way. It allows our patients to have dialysis around their lives versus scheduling their lives around dialysis. And there's just so much more yeah. freedom and, and higher quality life associated. Well, I want to thank you for today. One more time, please give out the website. And one last question. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? Well, our website is davita.com, D-A-V, 
ITA.com. And I'll leave you with preventative medicine is the best medicine. Please see your physicians once a year so they can find underlying things that are occurring before you're even aware they're there. Yeah. And don't forget to check everything out on the website, including remote management, telehealth, and try the cranberry chicken. Thank you so much, Mandy. Have a great day. <laughs> Thank you. All right, everybody. Short break. We'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Are you traveling most of your day? Do you want to take Transformation Talk Radio with you anywhere you go? Well, guess what? There's an app for that. Just go to the App Store on your Apple device or the Google Play Store on your Android and search Transformation Talk Radio. Catch all of our live shows no matter where you are. Thanks for listening. Imagine starting your week off with a teaching, a clearing, and an activation direct from the God Consciousness. If you would like to feel more in charge of your week ahead, then I personally invite you to join me, Tracy L. Clark, for our monthly Soul Sunday non-denominational service at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, online or in person. All donations for this event go to the TLC Initiative Fund to help those in need. Sign up now at tracylclark.com and let's connect together in the glory realm. Hey everybody, welcome. Welcome to the show. Well, we've got two great people joining us here today to update, inform us, and present our fabulous news, good news segment. Ben Bittenhauser joining me here today and Angela Konecki joining me here today, founder and CEO of Racing for Life's that Ben, and founder and president of Emily's Hope, that's Angela. And what is it we're bringing to you today? Well, first and foremost, you've heard me talk about what it is we believe, those of us that have been in the uh, areas of recovery and providing information on addiction for now 15 years, here's what we want to say. Where are we with America's opioid crisis? Does it continue to destroy lives across the country? And the question mark really is, Who's coming forward and doing something about it? Well, guess what? That's Racing for Lives. It's an initiative that all of us need to know about it. That's what Ben and that's what Angela are here today to talk about. Welcome to both of you. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us. Um, I really appreciate it. Well, thank you both for coming here today for a lot of reasons. Um, but, you know, these are really short interviews. I'm not kidding when I said we started to do uh, radio, live radio shows and podcastings on addiction over 15 years ago. And we still do them. As a matter of fact, we're getting ready to launch an entire channel dedicated to this. But that still doesn't seem to be getting to the places where it needs to get. I want to ask each of you, along the way, what do you think our greatest challenge is today? I want to start with you, Angela, or Ben? Who wants to go first? Well, I would say um, that if the one thing that we have to do is we have to end the stigma and the shame surrounding addiction because it still exists and people don't understand. People don't understand. (laughs) People don't understand that this is a disease of the brain. And Mm -hmm. my, my, I lost my oldest child. She was 21 years old and she died of an 
heroin overdose. It was laced with deadly fentanyl on May 16th of 2018. And we didn't know. We didn't know she was, we knew something was wrong. We were working to get her an intervention because clearly she wasn't herself. But we didn't know she was using heroin. And I believe, she, I know, because I know I read her journal afterwards, she was ashamed. There was a lot of, sh there's so much shame that goes along with this. And what we have to do is we have to erase that shame so that people are willing to step forward and ask for help. And what I want people to understand through my story is that it doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what you do for a living. doesn't matter your socioeconomic status. None of that matters. This can hit anybody. And it's not about that. It's not about your character. It's not a character flaw. It is a disease of the brain. And we have to do more and do better and treat it within our medical systems. No kidding. And, and this has really been a story that we've been telling. I, I'm kind of like you. I am literally the only living survivor of my immediate family. My sister, oh. actually three sisters, oh. all of them, uh, one way or the other gone from that i mean my mother so killed herself suicide alcoholic <clears throat> drug addict so i am uh, so totally with this let me ask you a question uh here ben and both of you on yeah. this i have started a campaign and i boy i'll tell you i have got a lot of kickback from it so here's what i came out and said i said look if we continue to use the term opioid and not really tell people what is really going on, everybody is going to think that we have a pill problem. And I said, back in the day, we used to call it heroin. And, and you know, I am so thrilled you actually use that term, Angela, because I think what we have is a bit of confusion. And we now have a drug that's hitting the streets one of the cheapest drugs to buy, one of the most distributed drugs since the 60s. And, and what are we going to do to step up and tell people this is a big crisis and it's not about just having pills in the house and keeping your containers <clears throat> no. shut? It's, it, yeah, no, it's not. And, you know, I speak to groups every day, especially children, and I am a reporter, so I talk a lot to the drug enforcement agencies and other other places that are very knowledgeable on this. We have a fentanyl problem in Ooh. this country. But the synthetic opioid is being laced in every illegal drug out there. So we're not just, we're, I mean, yes, there are counterfeit pills full of fentanyl, but we're talking cocaine and meth and illegal marijuana laced with deadly fentanyl. And, and people don't know that. They don't know what they're getting. And that is the most frightening thing to me. It is. It's it's scary. I mean, nobody's even talking about the fentanyl issue up in Canada, except myself and my Canadian friends. You know, what's going on with fentanyl in Canada? It's the greatest secret on the planet right now. Uh, but here we are. You two are doing something. And I want to get to that because I am so committed to a complete expose on what's really happened. I'm from the Bronx. I'm from the streets of New York. <laughs> Believe me when I tell you I know about drugs and drug use. But what do we need to do and what are you all doing through Racing for Lives to really raise the bar on truth-based education? So Racing for Lives, I... I, I... I created and we've created the organization Racing for Lives to really bring awareness across the country. And so we're using 
like I race as well, but I'm not racing in this. Uh, like we have pro racers in the cars, but we have a a campaign where we are going to be using the SRO America racing series that has over a billion impressions. So we found that to be an amazing platform that we could then bring the awareness and touch people all over the country and make that a platform of bringing great awareness. So that's our focus. <clears throat> racing for Lives focus, and it will always be the focus, is helping to spread the message that, that we all need to work together as a community to fight against this epidemic and also to spread the message of hope and to encourage people. And I think what, what is really needed out there is for people to, to understand that it's not, it's not just the person next door that, that is suffering. It could be your own home. It could be, as, as, as Angela expressed, her, her own daughter, as she read her journal, like was struggling and she didn't realize it. And I think oftentimes people, listen, I, like I'm an alcoholic. I quit drinking over 20 years ago. I used drugs as a kid growing up and I was afraid to tell my mom I was using cocaine and crank. I was partying. If what's on the market right now was out 25 years ago, or 30 years ago, I began drinking at 12 years old. If it was out there back then, I wouldn't be here now. Oh, I'll none guarantee of, you. None of us would be. I, I would be gone. Yeah. So, and I was afraid to tell my folks. So I think, you know, w one of the wonderful things that Angela is doing, and I'm partnering now with her and working together, is letting people know that there's no shame. And this is a disease. And we need, as families and communities, to embrace the people that are struggling. Yeah. And to let them know openly, it's okay. We're here to help you. We're here to love you. We're here to work together with you. And, and take your arm in arm. Give me your arm. Let's work together. And I think one of the key ingredients here, and we haven't talked a lot about this uh, yet, is trust. Yeah. You know, when like when a young child is going to go to their family or their friend or a spouse is talking to their husband or wife, they've got to trust that they're not going to be just slapped around. What, like, what do you mean? What are you doing? And, and just put down. So the encouragement that we want to tell people to bring to those struggling is really the message, encourage and love and, and acceptance and help. And I think, you know, Angela and I have worked together, collaborating, and we've created this beautiful PSA film and it'll be hitting, hitting broadcast all over the country in probably four to six weeks. And it's, it's the story of Emily's life portrayed in a very special and powerful way that I believe is going to really encourage people and families across the country. <clears throat> We're committed, you know, Racing for Lives to create content, mm. constant content that's going out, but, but, but not just throwing content against the wall and hoping something sticks. Like we've had a company for 20 years that creates advertising. So taking the expertise that we have there and thinking, what are ways that we can reach the community? with the right message. And so that's what we're really focusing on. And we're really excited about, excited is a horrible word to actually say, you know, it's a tremendous epidemic that's devastating families, but, but we're very hopeful as we work together to, to make a big impact to help families and to stop this devastation. Yeah. Angela, I want to say to you too, thank you, Ben. I want to say to you, I don't know that people quite understand the painful experience of losing a loved one, but losing a child to this. And you know, the only thing that I, I, I relate this to when I'm talking in front of groups about this is I'm talking about the moms that came out and created MAD. 
And this is a right. very, yeah, exactly right. And, and this is the kind of thing that we have got to really bring powerfully. And I want to ask you both, we have, we have several shows dedicated to this. We have a show called Recovery Recharge, where we're starting to look at individual coaches that families can call. If you don't want to go to a public agency, can you work with someone that can tell you, yes, your, your daughter is doing this. Your fear is their shame and help people with their fear around their family. Because you and I both know that, you know, where shame shows up, it shows up from just the slightest reactions or responses. And I think you both said something powerful, and, and I'm, I'm going to watch how you're doing this in the future. There's got to be a trusting, open, open and learning experience for families and institutions on how to talk to kids and, and adults. And I think that's what you're doing. Um, when can we, first of all, how do people find out more? Let's get that in right away. And then what are you doing to distribute your upcoming uh, public service announcement? Well, go ahead, Angela. I would just say that if people, I, I do have, I'm, my outreach is one of my biggest uh, missions. Mm -hmm. And I have a podcast and a blog and I speak and that kind of thing. Uh, I'm trying to tell as many stories as possible as well and to offer help. Uh, Emily's Hope, the website is Painting a Path to Recovery. My daughter was an amazing artist. She was a painter. Painting a Path to Recovery.org. And we have Emily's Hope is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So there's all kinds of ways to reach us. My, my hope is that I, I can make other moms and dads and families know they're not alone and their struggles are not unique. Uh, we have a lot of similar threads in our stories. And, and if we can collaborate together to figure out how to, to how to really reach people that need our help. And like you said, I, I learned that I had seven years of struggling with my daughter's behavior, trying to figure out. Yeah counselor after counselor, uh, the law, all kinds of things, and nothing works. Finally, I just, I, I approached her always from a standpoint of love. You know, that's what we have to do better at that with anybody who's suffering from addiction. Blame and shame, there's no place for that. No, no place. No, there isn't. Yeah. And, and I yeah. think, you know, this is the thing that we're trying to do in coaching um, adults, parents, people that are involved. What we're trying to do is coach them in uh, how to communicate, how to start to build that trust. You know, yes, right. you're afraid. You go through your kids' drawers. You go through their phones. You, you do all the things that fear will drive you to do without understanding the impact. And so I so appreciate what you both are doing. Again, let's make sure people know how to get a hold of you, how to follow you, and I hope you get back to us and when you have that PSA ready, because we will distribute it uh, on, into 162 countries through our entire network. Oh, that is amazing. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Pat. Like, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, uh, like we're in the process of finishing the PSA right now. Okay. <clears throat> we are going to um, finalize it probably within the next week and a half, mm -hmm. and then we're also going to uh, lift... I like the voice for radio, and we're also going to have it translated, uh, like on the on the uh, audio and the visual, mm -hmm. into uh, into Spanish. 
so we can have it reaching all the communities around the U.S. and Latin America. So I will, like we have a company in New York, a PR firm that has come alongside of us that's going to help us distribute this as well. And I will, I will have them reach out to you immediately once we have this ready. And, um, Thank you so much. I really like that's really appreciating. Uh, I really appreciate that. But can I ask one last question? Uh, Two last questions. Where do people listen to your podcast? Where do they go for that? So my podcast is grieving out loud because that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm kind of shouting from the rooftops here. And part of that is my grief. And we talk about addiction. We talk about other parents struggling. I speak to people suffering from substance use disorder and all, all kinds of subjects within that realm. And my podcast is available anywhere you get your podcast. So it's out there and you can listen anywhere. Yep. And I'll tell you what, if you get my, my staff the information, we will include your podcast in our network. Sounds fantastic. Uh, last question, uh, personal message. What do you guys want to leave us with today? And thank you for all that you're doing. I would just like to say, you know, if you are a family member and 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 you see someone that's struggling, you know, as Angela mentioned, as we spoke about, just reach out with love. I think people are putting walls up and just, just reach out and love them and encourage them. Let them know you're there for them. And even if they don't open up, you can plant that seed that you love them and you're there waiting and, and, your, and your arms are open. And that moment will come when they will get to that moment and say, I'm going to reach out. Yeah, we're actually doing a series, so you know, on that, that is the impact of uh, COVID-19 on the recovery community. Angela, for you? I would say take action now. Don't wait. Trust your instincts. Uh, Do whatever you can. it's, It's life or death. We are truly racing for life. We are. Thank you both. I know you got to run. Thank Thank you. You You bet. Thank you. We'll be right back, everyone. Thank you. Preceding audio was via a Skype call. Introducing the Lucid Planet, a digital gathering place featuring cutting-edge, high-vibrational content that will empower and inspire you to become the greatest version of yourself. Visit the Lucid Planet today to stimulate your mind, body, and soul as you connect with a global community of like-minded people. The Lucid Planet is edited by renowned psychologist and author, Dr. Kelly Neff, who is here to help you cope with anxiety, connect to your higher purpose, uncover your true passions, and live your dreams. Dr. Kelly's fresh, compassionate perspective emphasizes growth, transformation, healing, and thriving, even in the face of adversity. Say goodbye to bad news and low vibrational media for good and become part of the larger collective of people working together to navigate the global shift of consciousness and transform the world from within. Join the planet, the Lucid Planet. Visit thelucidplanet.com. Welcome home. Are you ready to put down that drink or drug for good? Are you struggling to maintain your recovery from addictive behaviors? Do you need help with a family member or loved one who's in early recovery or battling addiction? Get the help and guidance you need by arranging a recovery recharged phone session with me, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, Certified Life and Recovery Coach. Call 1-800-889-1757. Make an appointment today. Or go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com, and click on the link that says Recovery Recharged. Don't wait. Get the help you need today. This is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. 
Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on for a lot of reasons. But one, most importantly, that we've learned in 16 years doing this show, one of the first shows ever to launch on a digital platform. I know, like the Internet was just discovered back in 03. Here's what we know. If we're not partnering with folks that know how to get the word out, that don't know what is the importance of sharing information, then you're not going to be in the media age. Today, joining me is a very important message, but a very important person, because there is someone that is making sure that the resources on Facebook are available to us all over the world. I'm talking right now today, Kong Zing. And I'm telling you, Kong Zin Jin joining me here today. KX is what folks call him. But uh, I prefer to just go right for the name that's going to help us save lives. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you for having me, Dr. Pat. Um, look, we are now getting, if I could just say this, but then let me hear from you. We are now redefining, at least in my industry, we are redefining media and messaging. But more importantly, you all are on the forefront of something so important, and that is information, not just information, accurate, precise, uh, immediate, and much more. Tell us about what you all have created and what your commitment is to this. Thank you. So we've been working on COVID-19 since uh, essentially end of January uh, with the WHO and other health authorities. And our top priority has been enabling people to get credible information from trusted sources, especially from the health authorities. Uh, on top of that, uh, we also know that people really rely on Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, and WhatsApp to stay connected with their friends and family. And so we're working really hard to make sure that our services remain up and reliable given increased demands. Uh, and lastly, uh, this situation unfortunately affects uh, essentially everyone, including businesses and uh, the people who work for those businesses. And so we're also working to help support some of those areas as well. Um, you know, first of all, let me thank you for today. And I want to make sure we're going to give out the website several times throughout this show. Uh, but people are going to want to know, how do I get connected? How do I stay in touch? You know, for you, you know, the head of health here at Facebook, you have a daunting mission, right? But it's got to be tied to a powerful vision. Can you talk about how your mission and vision uh, as an organization and for you as an individual is coming together to really accelerate, accelerate the kind of information and safety that you all are providing on Facebook. Absolutely. So um, I've been at the company a little over 13 years now, and I've been in my current role um, as head of health for a year and a half. And our team focuses on helping bring people and organizations closer together to improve health. So uh, we work on products like our blood donations tool to make it easier for people to donate to blood banks. Uh, in the context of COVID-19, uh, I've been working on that uh, essentially full-time with a lot of my colleagues since end of January. 
And uh, one of our primary goals is to enable people to get credible information from trusted sources. Uh, one of the concrete steps we're taking, uh, in addition to some of the earlier work, is the release of this new COVID information center, coronavirus information center, on the Facebook app. This is going to be a central hub to find the latest information on COVID-19 resources from your health authorities, including local ones, and ways to support your community. And that, that's available in the United States and a few other countries starting uh, today. And uh, how are people going to find this? Can you tell us what you all have set up? Or at least I know this might be in the initial stages, but folks are going to want to know, where do I go? Where do I get plugged in here? Absolutely. Uh, so if you search in the Facebook app for coronavirus, uh, it should be the top result. And uh, also, if you log into the Facebook app and go to your newsfeed, there should be a link at the top of there as well. Um, one of the things I was really eager to talk with you about is what the partnerships are that you're building to specifically uh, launch this initiative. Are you partnering with local government, federal government, education institutes, communities? Give me a sense of this. Yeah, um, it's basically been at all levels. So we've been working really closely with the WHO and organizations like that at the international level. And then we've also been working with uh, organizations like the CDC uh, at the national level. Uh, and uh, similar organizations and governments all over the world. Uh, and then a lot of uh, local and state governments are also using uh, things like Facebook pages or Messenger or WhatsApp to really uh, meet people on our platforms uh, and meet people with credible information. So it's really been all of the above. Wow. Um, you know, let me ask you this. For many people, we know this is not going away tomorrow. Um, this is something that uh, addresses the physical part of who we are, the mental part of who we are, the psychological part of who we are, and the spiritual part of who we are. And when you put those together in the context of media, you know, we started a positive media network filled with information 10 years ago. This is our 10-year anniversary, and we're actually going to dedicate an entire channel of podcasting, hundreds of shows we're going to be offering free to people to get out a new level of awareness. How is it for you when you look at this? How do you decide what information is going to be part of this initiative? Because I know for us, uh, I'm just saying, that's the most difficult thing that we do mm -hmm. is to really say, yeah, this is the kind of programming that goes with our brand. How are you all thinking about that? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, so our, our main approach has actually just been helping people connect directly uh -huh. with the authorities, right? Whether that's the WHO, uh, the CDC at the national mm -hmm. level. And so for me, I live in San Mateo County, so the, the county uh, and state health departments as well. And so um, uh, it, it, with that respect, a lot of it is just being able to connect directly with those organizations and uh, hearing the information directly from them. And you if you know, go to the hub, you'll be able to see that. Okay. So, uh, so look at the, one of the things that we get, because we are connected with so many innovative people, we are going to be creating an idea portal, portal for this. And let me just tell you why. Um, I got an email from someone yesterday that said, my gosh, Pat, what are you guys going to do? 
our nurses and our doctors are taking their masks and they're putting them in plastic buckets and then they're reusing them. And we immediately responded with the solution for that, for those people that, quote, may have to reuse masks. Are you going to create a way for innovative ideas to be exchanged, even if they do sound a little bit bizarre? <laughs> yeah, um, I'd say that a lot of this is also already happening mm -hmm. uh, on Facebook. Uh, there are uh, several groups of, I think, tens of thousands of health workers and clinicians from all over the world who are actually learning from each other. Uh, yeah. So there's a few that have been set up uh, in the United States that include uh, physicians from Italy and other parts of the world that unfortunately are a little bit ahead of us. And uh, it's been so inspiring to see people come together and learn from each other. Um, give me a sense of what people will fi find when they go look at the app. Yeah, so if you log in uh, or open up your Facebook app today uh, in the United States, uh, you should see a uh, link at the top to the Coronavirus Information Center. If you tap through, uh, you'll see the latest info headlines, uh, as well as uh, uh, tips around how to effectively physically distance. Uh, and then uh, below that, you also will see uh, resources and links to uh, local health authorities, as well as ways you can actually support your community. So um, ways to ask for help or give help to others. Um, you know, I know you're going from interview to interview, and I'm not going to take up a whole lot of your time. There are probably 100 questions I didn't ask you. What are your top three, uh, let's just say top three points of interest you'd like to share or leave with our listeners today? Yeah. Um... Well, first, we're all in this together, and I'm so grateful for the collaboration we've had with the WHO and the CDC and other organizations, and I expect that's going to continue. Uh, second, uh, we know outside of the informational needs, people um, do rely on messaging and on WhatsApp and on Instagram to stay connected with friends and family. I'm using this a lot to stay connected with my parents who are older Americans and have self-isolated for the last week. Um, so I'm doing uh, added effort to really uh, stay in touch with them through the phone uh, and through videos. And uh, lastly, I just wanna thank all the healthcare workers out there because they're gonna be at the front lines. Uh, and you know, this is, some, this is something also too that I just wanna point out. You folks are not going away. And I think that's the most important reassurance that you can give the people that are listening to this interview. You're not going to weigh. You're going to solidify and continue to build a strong imprint in making sure that people get what they need through this crisis. I want to ask you this last question. For you personally, what's your personal message? What would you like to leave people with? Uh, I think it's what I said earlier. We're all in this together. And, um, you know, we're working really hard on supporting the people who use uh, Facebook, Instagram, Messenger and WhatsApp through this. And again, I really want to thank the healthcare workers who are at the front lines here. Awesome. I do too. Thank you so very much. Hey, everybody, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Hello friends, I am Terry J. Walker with the I Am Power Hour, and here is your soul-stretching success tip of the day. Two very important and life-changing words, I am. I have an alphabet game I wanted to share with you today. 
Start with the letter A and come up with as many positive words as you can think of and place those affirmative I am words before them. For example, I am abundant. Move to the letter B and do the same thing. I am beautiful and so on. This requires you to actually focus on coming up with positive words and learn to state your affirmations with conviction, validation, and focus. Begin to say them numerous times a day. Learn to say them with feeling and belief, and you will begin to see your confidence, your focus, and your self-worth evolve. Hope you have a beautiful, successful day, and I'll see you next time. Did you know that when we talk about the Earth's ecosystems, the most important ecosystem has been left out? You, we created the ecosystem approach to recapture human potential. Find us at theecosystemapproach.org. Join us every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Ecosystem Approach Show with Jason and Patricia on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Uh, hey, everybody. One of the things that I've been aware of, especially as we're getting ready to uh, launch our health and wellness channel, is we've been watching the number of commercials on television where the patterns are. Well, here's what we are discovering. We're discovering insulin, conversations about insulin, uh, information about insulin is across the board at the top of the list. Why is that? Well, I'm not the expert, but Andy Vacari is, Senior Director and U.S. Brand Leader, Insolence, Eli Lilly and Company. And one of the things that we want to talk about is this. Uh, what is it that we don't know about what we don't know about this? And why is it that we really need to look at options for lowering the price of insolence? Andy, uh, I don't think I'm hallucinating when I say that uh, just all, all you have to do is turn on television during the day, and there it is. Yeah, absolutely, Dr. Pat. It's uh, front and center for most of the conversations and on people's minds. We put the patient at the center of it. They're the ones that uh, certainly face the burden here, and it's a interesting dynamic in the marketplace where okay. uh, for the vast majority of people, Healthcare spending and prescription spending is fairly reasonable. Let's just use Humalog as an example. Yeah. 95% of people pay $95 or less. However, yeah. if you're that 5%, you can be facing a bill of thousands of dollars, whether you're someone that's in their donut hole as part of Part D, someone that's in a high deductible health plan and in their deductible phase, or those that are the most vulnerable that have no insurance at all. And it's why we've been so active and try to take a leadership role to make sure we can plug the holes in the healthcare system and help all those people. And anyone on a Lilly insulin should not have to pay full retail price. Man, I gotta tell you, plug the hole, that's gonna be my new favorite expression. Let me tell you why this is so counterintuitive. We know people with diabetes, right? And I've got family members. Fortunately for me, I'm not one of them. I'm, I'm one of the lucky few. We know it is the numbers are greater than they have been in our history. And here's what's counterintuitive, Andy. Usually, when you have something that requires a very important medication, the more people you have that need it, the more the price drops. But it's not doing that with insulins, is it? 
That's right. Over the last five or so years, we've seen a, a pretty dramatic increase in what's called retail price. Mm-hmm. So there is a, a very different dynamic here, and it's important as we discuss this topic to make sure people are educated. So there is a full retail price, and then there is a, a, a contracted a net price. Now, those net prices have continued to go down. The net yeah. price is what manufacturers like Eli Lilly retain. The retail price, unfortunately, is what a consumer would end up paying today. And it's an interesting dynamic, Dr. Pat. It's the only part of the healthcare system where you or I as a consumer don't benefit from a contracted price. So, for example, if you or I go in and get our standard checkup, our, our yearly exam, our health exam, there is a full retail price and then there's the contracted price through our insurer. And again, prescription medications for all prescription medications, it's the only part of the healthcare system where the the end person doesn't benefit from those lower net prices. And that's just not a situation that uh, we think is right. And we're trying to do things to make sure that the people get those savings passed on to them. I want to get right at it, though. I want to know, and this is one of the reasons I'm excited that you're here. Let's talk about what Lily is doing. Let's talk about the solutions and let's talk about what the outcome is going to be for people. All right, give us your top three. What's Lily up to? You bet. Really, Lily is up to a lot of things. And in particular, we've been active for a few years with some solutions. And one I would point people to immediately is our Lily Diabetes Solution Center. It's been out since August of 2018. Through that call center and the various programs they offer, we have 20,000 people per month that we are impacting. That number is 833-808-1234, and that is staffed with healthcare professionals from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. Why that is so important, Dr. Pat, is there is a variety of solutions in there. So I, we talked about those that are, that are seniors in Part D, not insured, yeah. or those that are certainly in their high deductible, and we can plug those holes by getting them there. One of those examples, Dr. Pat, one of the my favorite things is I listen to calls that come into that call center. One of the ones recently was a mother of a child with type 1 diabetes who was facing the full retail cost of her child's insulin. Uh, it was over $500, and wow. that can be a scary proposition when you can't afford it and your daughter needs it to survive. Mm. Well, through one of our solutions, which is capping uh, their copay at no more than $95 a month, we're able to provide a solution to this particular mother to ensure that they pay no more than that $95 on a monthly basis. And you can hear them come in frustrated, a little scared sometimes, and then they leave with a sense of hope that there's at least something they can do to help get them what they need. Andy, I I don't want to go too far here without the website because I was looking at what you all have posted and what you put up. And there's so much here for people to be hopeful about. Can you tell folks the website before we get too far into the interview here? It's insulinaffordability.com. It's a way for them to get on there and to see all of the solutions that we have available for them. And there is a phone number. Is that still available for people to call? Yes, that's actually the best way, Dr. Pat. I would recommend that we get people to the, it's 833-808-1234. And again, that's 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. They will get a very warm healthcare professional. It's a very simple process. They're not asked a lot of questions. It's just some basic questions to understand their uh, medication they're on, what sort of insurance, or if they don't have insurance. And that way they can get both an immediate term solution and then get set up for success longer term because we know it can be complex out there for people. 
and these healthcare professionals understand the dynamic in the marketplace and just help them really navigate. And it's a very warm, friendly, simple conversation. We'll get them off the phone typically in 10 minutes or less. I want to know from a, a caller point of view, what should they do to prepare for the call? A lot of people don't make these calls, Andy, and this is our uh, this is a survey that we have taken. Most people don't make the call, not because they don't think it's great. For some reason, they self-select themselves out of possibilities. They think they're never going to give it to me. And I want to make sure that we're setting people up for success. Just give us a little bit of information if there is any that they need to have in front of them for this to be a success. It's a great question. If they have their medication, whether it's the actual device or vial or the box that it comes in, they'll get asked some questions around the type of insulin they're on, how much they take, and then what they've been asked to pay at the counter or were asked to pay or have paid. And then that'll really help the healthcare professional get them to the right solution. They will ask just some general questions around their income range. The reason that is so important, Dr. Pat, is that can help them qualify the person for free insulin for the year. So for example, if you are 400% or below the federal poverty level, which for a family of four, that's $105,000, or for a single individual, that's $51,000. If they're at or below that level, we can get them to one of our solutions, which is Lily Cares. And they can then uh, get qualified for free insulin for the year. And we're delighted to say that 88% of the people that get to Lilly Cares do qualify and get their free insulin. It's a wonderful solution for those that are the most vulnerable. Well, look, I know you've got to run off. Uh, this is so very important. I, I can't even tell you how grateful I am that you all are doing this. Uh, you know, I do know people that cannot afford this. And the option for them is so serious that a lot of times they don't recover. And I think you all know that at Lilly. That's why you're doing this, right? Absolutely, Dr. Pat. You know, our founder 144 years ago said, take what you find here and make it better. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to do the right thing for people. All right. Last question. Website again. And what's your personal message? What do y'all want to leave us with today? Website is insulinaffordability.com. The 800 number is 833-808-1234. And the personal message is we want to make sure people have a life well lived. And when we get them on these solutions, can help them sustain these solutions, they can do just that. I like it. Andy Vicari joining me here today, everybody. Senior Director, U.S. Brand Leader for the Insulins Portfolio at Eli Lilly. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.